The following conversation originally aired on The Point on KPOV 88.9 FM High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Airing weekdays at 9 a.m., The Point is a half-hour, locally produced show focusing on people and events in Central Oregon. Our guest today is Mackenzie Van Lu, a physical therapist in Bend who specializes on the pelvic floor area. So, you know, as women, uh, as women age, there's a growing focus on healing the pelvic floor region, whether it's for sexual intimacy or incontinence. And this isn't always an easy subject to talk about. And for young women as well, they can struggle too. So our guest today is Mackenzie Van Lu, a physical therapist in Bend that focuses primarily on the pelvic floor region. So welcome to The Point, Mackenzie. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, we're excited. So Mackenzie, we had Dr. Carol Petherbridge on our show, and she was talking about the very same issues. But I wanted to have you on because of your vast knowledge in this area and the idea that, you know, a lot of people don't know that physical therapy in the pelvic region can actually help women. So let's dig in. Tell us how, uh, what is pelvic floor physical therapy? Great. Pelvic floor physical therapy refers to this subset or the subspecialty in orthopedics. So in physical therapy school, doctor physical therapy school, we get permission to treat the entire body from an orthopedic and neurologic standpoint. After school, there are hundreds of hours of classes that you take in order to get permission to work on the pelvic floor. So just like everything else in your body has needs to have strength, endurance, range of motion, coordination, and power, both locally and as a system, your pelvic floor is the exact same. So I use my PT brain for strength, endurance, range of motion, coordination, and power for helping people solve their issues around the pelvic floor. So things like urinary incontinence, urinary urgency and frequency, constipation, pain with sex, pain with orgasm, or even chronic pain like in the back and hips that doesn't really solve or get solved or get better with normal classic PT. How do you know when it becomes severe enough to need the therapy itself? Oh, that's a great question. I think um, there's that old adage of an ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of cure. Mm. Many times, especially let's use some low hanging fruit. Pregnancy. Pregnancy is something that changes your body from the inside out. Getting to know how to use your pelvic floor before you become pregnant is actually really super helpful. I help people actually figure out how to push efficiently in labor, how to strengthen those muscles. So we tend to say if you leak any urine or have any loss of the control of your pelvic contents, so pelvic organ prolapse, You maybe have to rush to the bathroom for bowel or bladder, or you leak even just a little bit with a sneeze or a cough or even with a PR deadlift. All of that stuff is really common, but it doesn't have to be normal. Now, I don't want to ever to spread a stigma that you should be ashamed of leakage, like common but not normal can have some weird connotations. But if you feel like you don't want to leak, you definitely don't have to. You know, I it, it, that's a, a great a great um, information, but because you know, I don't know why it's so hard for women to address it. You know, whether it be sexual intimacy or incontinence, 
Do you think the tide is turning a little bit now that where pe- women are saying, you know, it's not okay to leak. It's not okay to even young women not not be able to use a tampon or, mm-hmm. you know, or not be able to have a successful orgasm. I mean, do you think the tide is turning where women are okay to talk about this? I think so, yes. Like with change, like younger and younger generations being more and more okay with talking about things that, you know, are taboo to some others, it definitely is changing the tide. Now, is it as fast as I'd like it to be? Probably not. But I think as people become more aware and become more comfortable, that's where it's a great, yeah, I think it's the tides are turning. But again, not as half fast as I would like. So do you feel like um, a lot of people experience these problems with their pelvic area, but they are not aware of the solution of physical therapy, so they often go untreated? Yes, actually. Um, I should have refreshed my mind on statistics, but I believe it's one in three women over the age of 65 have urinary incontinence. And I can confidently say that's only one-tenth of pelvic floor dysfunction. That's not counting all the other things that I've listed and more. Um pain with sex is extremely prevalent, especially after having a baby or even um, as we age, our tissue tissue dries, our pelvic muscles get tighter and becomes painful. So yeah, it is actually extremely common. It's also one in three to one in three, two in five, something like that of young athletes, like collegiate athletes actually leak. These are women who have not had babies and men have pelvic floors too. They also leak and have pain with orgasm. They also have constipation. They also have all these issues. So, yeah. Yeah, everybody. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, can you, I mean, I want you now to, this is why I really wanted to have you on because I found it really fascinating how uh, physical therapy can work in the pelvic area. I mean, I know I've been in for my shoulders and they move my shoulders and stretch my shoulders and, you know, and I've been in for my hip and they, you know, do things, but can you just geek out a little bit and tell us how the nerves and muscles relate to the pelvic floor area and why PT would be good for it? Oh, thank you. I love this question. So the pelvic floor, and think of it this way, your body is like a team. So just like you are a team with your co-host and you're a team in your family, everybody has their roles to play. And short term, if we drop the ball or we're sick and someone else can kind of come along and help make, take up the slack. Long term, that's when the person who's taking up the slack can get a little frustrated, a little extra tired. Their duties start not doing as they just start not doing as well. That's exactly how the body works. So your pelvic floor, and its capacity to do its job is also dependent on all the other muscles and structures that attach on the pelvis. So everything from your neck and your jaw and your throat all the way down to your big toe affects how your pelvic floor is able to do its job. You are one-third, no, you're actually like 80% likely to have some form of pelvic floor dysfunction if you also have back pain or hip pain. So anything that attaches onto the pelvis, like the hip, like your vertebra, like your abdominals, if they do not have appropriate strength, endurance, range of motion, coordination, and power locally and then as a whole system, your pelvic floor many times is the last ditch effort, that team member that's always trying to take up that extra work. So pelvic floor physical therapy includes looking at those shoulders, looking at those hips, looking at the back and making sure that the nerves, the bones, the joints, the muscles, everything works together as a team. Does that do, does all of the work encompass, um, 
uh, well, I, I'm not quite sure how to say this. Is it is it done on the outside or is it done at some of the the work done vaginally? Yes, you know, or internally. Perfect question. Yes. So part of becoming a trained pelvic floor physical therapist, I get permission to and significant training to assess the pelvic floor muscles externally and internally. That's either through the vagina or through the rectum, depending on the problem. So tailbone issues would be through the rectum, constipation, lots of stuff through the rectum as well. But it also includes external, like we had just said, and really thorough orthopedic assessment of the hip, the low back, the pelvis. And um, before the show, you had mentioned that it is not common for people to be as specialized in the pelvic region as you are. Could you expand um, on that and why it's important to have someone who's super specialized perform this kind of therapy? Oh, yes. Thank you. So, yes, I am the only board-certified women's clinical specialist in Central Oregon. There's only 12 of us in the state and only a couple hundred of us in the whole United States. It's just extra hundreds of hours and then a big exam and a big case study that's reviewed. So it's just taking those extra steps to make sure that I have other people more advanced than I looking into my career and saying, are you doing the best for your patients? Now, there are plenty of people that practice very well that do not have this certification. It's just what I chose to do. But doing these certifications, I also have my board cert- my uh, clinical specialty in obstetrics and gynecology, and that's given me extra training to help someone prepare for birth and recover from birth and keep training during birth. I have my postpartum athleticism uh, and pregnancy coach certification as well. So... Having more specialty means I've spent more time um, really critically thinking about the research and what is a science-based way for me to help people. But again, not everybody everybody needs super-duper specialized care either, right? So it's called a physical therapy practice and a medical practice. So as we practice more in our careers, we get better and better. And so I just like to pursue knowledge a lot. (laughs) (laughs) What do people say when you tell them what you do? I mean, what is the big question that people ask when you say this? <laughs> um, it always depends on the uh, the people in front of me. Most moms nowadays know what I do. I say pelvic floor PT and they're like, oh, I should come see you, which is super flattering. Um, now, if I'm with my husband's uh, coworkers and they ask what I do, most of them, because they're engineers, go, oh, well interesting and then the conversation switches so it always depends on who's in front of me right it's uh it can be very taboo there's this really uncomfortable um stigma that my job is somewhat sexual where we do talk about sexual health in a very very matter of fact and informative way but um but yeah a lot of people have some really strange connotations around the work that we do but i think it's justice work Our capacity to feel like adults and human beings has a lot to do with our capacity to control urine, control bowel, and have pain-free intimacy with the people we care about. And that's why I do what I do. That is great. I love that. And we're back. I'm Jackie Elliott here with my co-host, J.C. Silk. And she's sitting in for Carolyn Eske on the Friday edition of The Point. And we're continuing our conversation with physical therapist Mackenzie Liu. Uh, she specializes in pelvic floor therapy. So we've been having a wonderful talk uh, backstage here, as, as they say in the green room. Um, but, uh, well, you know, one of the things I wanted to bring up was uh, p- pelvic floor therapy for trans for the trans population for children and for men i know we've been talking about women's issues tell us a little bit about those issues that you you deal with yes thank you 
So everybody has a pelvic floor. Um, the pelvic floor tends to get a lot of press for people who are pregnant or have babies or want to have babies. Um, um, but also just individuals who are struggling with gender dysphoria, people who are unhappy with their body, people who've had um, sexual trauma, people who've had prostatectomies, even young children who bedwet late into, late into childhood. All of those things are something pelvic floor physical therapists can help with, especially ones that have advanced training and are, of course, comfortable treating those specialty populations. I say specialty populations because that's what the uh, physical therapy groups say. I think that they should not be specialty. They should be uh, basic, right? Everybody has a pelvic floor. Everyone deserves to have care and not have difficulty with orgasm, pain with intercourse, or significant post-surgical pain. So post-bottom surgery, post-gender-affirming surgeries, the pain and the surgical the surgeries are absolutely amazing and intricate and these people need physical therapy it's it's painful and so um i pride myself in being able to help people with that it's a it's it's a it's a privilege to help trans individuals recover and feel more at home in their bodies are there specific wow. oh yeah are there so specific what, questions yeah well you know that the the ch- the children bedwetting mm-hmm. i know a lot of you know i know a lot of parents are concerned about that how would you treat a child who bedwets most of the time, it's not always, but a large majority of the time, children who bedwet late into childhood are actually constipated. So if you think about the pelvis, it is a really small container and it holds bladder, uterus for those who have a uterus, and your rectum. Your rectum and your bladder are very close. If your rectum is full of hard poop, can you imagine how that would really encroach on space on the bladder? And just holding that toxic stuff inside your body will also just upregulate your nervous system and make it harder to control urine. So treating kids, a lot of the time, we use biofeedback externally, or I use actually lumbopelvic real-time ultrasound. So I'll use a very friendly little ultrasound wand, like what people use to look at ultrasounds for babies. We put that on their tummy and we can actually measure their rectal diameter and know what's normal and see if they are full of poop. And then we work really closely with their doctor, their primary care, to help them get cleaned out, get them and their parents on a schedule for helping train them. If they're sensory processing disorders, we also get OT involved. Yeah, it's, it's again, holistic, a big, whole, big picture for treating kids. I love, I love real-time ultrasound. It makes treating them so much easier. Because, yeah, it can be kind of intimidating to do PT, especially for the kids. Yeah, I did not know all of that. But how is um, treating men different than treating women? Well, for those that identify as, as, as male, there's, again, in our society, a lot, of, um, a lot of things we grew up with, right? A lot of things that tell us who we are and whether or not it's okay to talk about things. And I think, generally, us women are okay, more okay with talking about medical issues than maybe some of our male counterparts. So... Treating men is different in that we have the privilege of teaching them about their body in a way that's never really probably not talked about very often. And treating men, we I treat a lot of people with uh, erectile dysfunction, um, teaching people how to care for their tissue after a prostatectomy to help them not leak, but also help them regain the capacity to have erections. Um, yeah, lots of stuff. But I mean, I see men for all the same things I see women for, all the same things I see trans individuals for bowel issues, bladder issues, constipation, hemorrhoid stuff. Yeah, all of it. All of it. Well, I know, JC, you had mentioned that uh, you had known a friend who had received uh, the therapy and had an experience with it. 
Yeah, she actually had um, tremors around the pelvic floor, and then she received three sessions of um, pelvic massages. And afterwards, it was quite painful for her. So I was wondering, does pain often go hand in hand with the therapy, even though she did receive relief for her problem after? um, How does that affect um, people who receive the therapy? Yeah. So we like to say, so I'm of the school that says, this isn't necessarily something that's all gain, no gain, no pain, no pain, no gain. There we go. No pain, no gain. It is a popular saying. Um, And while there are times like in tendon rehab, yeah, pain is definitely part of rehab. The pelvic floor and the pelvis, it's it's a really intimate area. And um, even when people have pain with gynecological exams or pain with a tampon insertion, you shouldn't, like pain should always be tolerable. It should always be tolerable and should never really pay for it afterwards. And now there are times where I do prep patients for that, but generally there are advanced manual therapy ways that we can treat people and really put their nervous system at ease, both like cognitively, but also physically help downregulate the nervous system. So pain is almost not a factor at all. One thing that you also mentioned is you get a lot of questions related to Kegels. Is this equivalent to pelvic therapy or what what are your comments on that (laughs) (laughs) thanks for bringing that up yes so many times i say oh i'm a pelvic floor physical therapist like oh i do my kegels i'm good and um i am of the thought that unless you literally just gave birth to a baby or have a ton of pelvic floor length you know doing kegels is actually not pelvic floor physical therapy there is maybe 10% of my practice where i will prescribe them it uh it actually has to do with treating your whole system like we talked about making sure your abs your low back your butt all the other big muscles that are meant to locomote you through your day um those things actually need to be trained there's really great and really clear evidence to show that if we just get your whole body strong your pelvic floor will do its job we just have to be smart about it. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely more than just Kegels. And if you ever have gone to therapy and only have done Kegels and only been on your back the whole time and you didn't get what you wanted results-wise, it's always worth looking, looking elsewhere. Yeah, it's more than just Kegels. Well, you know, I just, we, we don't, we're running out of time. We have about a minute left, but I just want to say that I have, uh, you know, full disclosure, I've, I've uh, been to McKinsey and, um, the way you practice is so safe and so comfortable that I, you know, I don't, I, I want to assure people who are maybe afraid or feel like, you know, scared by this, that it's, it, McKinsey makes it very, very comfortable and explains everything so that it's just, it all makes sense. So McKinsey, in this next minute we have, tell people, how they can get a hold of you and how they can learn more information about this. Thank you. So you can find me on Instagram. I am the Sanctum Physio on Instagram. You can also find me through movementx.com. I am the only person in Bend practicing and contracting my LLC through MovementX. I'm accepting new patients. I've opened my own business and I go to people's homes where they can be more at ease. And I also have a private treatment space in my own home. And I just take a lot of pride in, and, and I feel very privileged to, to do what I do for Central Oregon. So Jackie, thank you for sharing your experience with me. It is so meaningful to have that feedback. It, it's just, and it's a pleasure to be here. Yes, one more time, that, that email oh, or yes. our, our website. I, um, you can find me at Sanctum Physio on Instagram and movementx.com. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. 
KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and for our program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.